Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. gentlemen that I'm about to introduce to you. We have about a half hour, folks, but you know what? We're going to make the most of it. The one, the only yoga monster, Mr. Rock and Roll himself. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mike Seidel. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Oh, Long time no see, man. man. How are you? Oh, it's been busy, man. I've actually uh, had a messed up sleep pattern, but other than that, I'm doing just fine. <laughs> and right. by messed up sleep pattern, man, I came home one time, fell asleep till midnight, and woke up and had off and on sleep. But other than that, man, it's been cool. So I'm going to start right at the gate, mister, with uh, a question that I normally ask guests. Towards the end of, of the line, but I'm going to ask you right out the gate. And like when you started wrestling, ask away, and actually brother. when you started, huh? I said, oh. ask away, brother. Okay. Okay. So right out the gate, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask most guys and gals on here. What is the weirdest, most uncomfortable thing that a fan has ever made you think to yourself? Well, holy. Holy shit, man! Like I really don't know if I can do that or could honor that request, but I'm gonna have to take a hard pass. Can you describe a moment where that occurred at some point in your career? I mean, I wouldn't say I made took a hard pass, but uh, you know, some dude asked if I could go wrestle him in his apartment in my underwear, and uh, it wasn't a hard pass, but I said, sure, I'll do that for ten grand. And uh didn't hear didn't hear from him after that. But uh you know, that's that's absolutely something I would find awful, but I think ten G's could have made me feel a little bit better about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean if it's for a money price and it's you know <laughs> it Wow hey, all we're doing is wrestling, so That's that's true of in your underwear though, wow. In, I mean, essentially, when we when I'm wrestling, anyway. I mean, yeah, you're you're in gear, but it's a, it would essentially be the same thing. But uh, dude did not did, did not take kindly to my offer. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think because these are some of the things that. I, I ask because most people ask, well, what was it like wrestling in WWE or what was it like, you know, wrestling in uh, this organization? That I like to ask questions that 
our audiences, you know, can be like, oh, well, that's cool. Or I also asked this next question. Um, if you had to pick any worker, past or present, you know, from any era to wrestle in any arena around the world, who would you pick and why would you, who would you pick? Where would it be? And why? By the way, that was that dude who wanted me to wrestle him in my underwear in his apartment. <clears throat> that was a MySpace solicitation. So that tells you oh, how long wow. ago that was. Anywho. MySpace. Uh, and who knows where I'd be today if I had ten grand in 2008 or whatever. <laughs> who knows how my life could have changed. Anyway, so uh, so where, who would I wrestle and where would it be? Man, um, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I've... Uh, I've wrestled lots of the people that I really want to wrestle. Um, I would love to yeah, I've, uh, I've wrestled my brother one-on-one one time, uh, which was so much fun. It was awesome. It was in, uh, at the watering bowl up for a primos pro wrestling in Denver. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to get a chance to wrestle him at, uh, in a, um, in a larger setting, uh, and with, with, uh, with more eyeballs around, I think that would be really cool. Um, I think it was, I would always, I always wanted to wrestle Owen Hart. And that's one that unfortunately we can't make happen, but I would love to do, you know, just having, just living in, in Kansas city, which of course was uh, uh, on, on the un- unfortunate um, uh, end of his career. I, I would love for it to be revived right there in Kansas city and wrestle him in Kansas city. So there's your, there's your two. I would say I'd love to wrestle Matt. Uh, you know, oh, I would say Tokyo Dome would be awesome, and I'd love to wrestle Owen in Kansas City. You know, that's a very honorable thing because out of uh, I've met Brett and I met Owen back when I was a child, which you know, wow. okay, folks, I'm yeah, I I was supposed to meet Brett um, for my my birthday but you know you know how parents promise you things and i met actually funny thing i met brett at wrestlecon before this mess began pretty nice guy lucky you yeah is he yeah i know Uh, seems cool yeah he's brett's pretty cool man he's just pretty chill dude i actually wanted to buy a pair of his sunglasses but he goes no you don't have to go i don't worry about it and uh I actually got to take my picture with him, you know, like a fanboy, but, you know, it's okay. Um, Brett was one of my favorites growing up, so was Shawn Michaels, and Owen actually was one of my favorite guys to cheer for, even though he wasn't well-liked by a lot of my friends when I was little. But I liked Owen because, well, he was aligned with one of my favorite managers of all time, Jim Cornette, even though I know (laughs) a lot of people don't like him either. The infamous. I love Cornette, man. I, uh, I mean, anyway, uh, so commentary. His commentary. Go ahead. Really pay much attention to. Um, I, I know that 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 ruffles a lot of feathers. I, I just don't. I, I don't listen to it. Um, but uh, when I was in Ring of Honor, uh, he was doing the booking, and he was also helping with like talent development, and he was doing uh, like the seminars. He helped me out a lot. Like, he's he's got a really good mind for pro wrestling and how structure matches and you really helped me out a lot. Cornette's a man in many ways. I, you know what, dude, I, 
as a kid growing up, I always liked the dudes that were not well-known or well-liked, and people always made fun of me for loving guys like Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, let's see here. Macho Man Randy Savage. And those people ask, why were you never a Hogan fan? <laughs> who, who, was telling you not, who was telling you not to like Macho Man? That dude was amazing. Well, I was the kid that when it was Hogan... And Savage, I was barely, I wasn't even an embryo, man. I was just like the kid that rewatched the stuff at Blockbuster that shows you my age and shows you many of our ages, man. When I would rent the you and me both, Blockbuster, yeah. I, would, yeah. <laughs> I would always cheer hardcore for Macho Man and never really give Hogan even a thought. And they're like, why didn't you cheer for Hogan? I said, because. I just don't want to. That was my explanation at five years old. I was like, I just don't want to. I like yeah, Jake and you don't Snake have because, to. yeah, and I didn't have to. Um, I like the managers like Bobby the Brain Heenan or Jim Cornette or Paul Bear, guys that weren't, you know, should we say in the limelight? I like gimmicks that um, the gimmicks that stood out to me back in the day weren't really well. They weren't necessarily not a fan favorite, but gimmicks that were odd and you know okay like a current gimmick today like Nikki Cross or Bray Wyatt or stuff that makes fans go whoa okay that's kind of cool but you know I never necessarily hop on the bandwagon that everyone else hops on like um let's say if it's a current trend I'm not really you don't need you you don't need people to tell you who to like you just like who you want that's what we should all do yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like I get sidetracked a lot with like free, um, shooting the shit. But um, hey, man, it's anyhow. a podcast. We're talking, so yeah, that's, that's what true. we're supposed to do on a podcast. Yes, and so like when it comes to like the the current speak, like there's a, I try to steer clear of saying, okay, what did you think of this moment, and do you side with this, and do you side with that? Because to me. I try to set myself apart from other shows because I don't necessarily like talking mainstream wrestling, especially with a worker because then they're like, okay, I guess I got to entertain the notion or I I guess I can, I can be cordial. We can talk about anything, dude. All right. So I'm I'm, open book. Okay. So Uh, I'm up for anything. Except for that okay, apartment wrestling. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to change my my answer to question number two. If I could wrestle anybody oh, anywhere, it's uh, I would wrestle that dude in his apartment. Oh, in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing. That's my, that's my new answer to question number two. Have fans ever asked you? Would you be, you know, willing to do, like? Not just wrestling underwear. Have fans ever asked you any other odd questions outside of that since that moment? Like, okay, I'm guessing you don't get very many solicitations outside of that, dude. Because, uh, hey, geez, oh, wait, I, wait a second here. What you think? What am I, chopped liver here, pal? You think I don't get solicitations? <laughs> no, I mean, like, people love me. Has it been? I'm handsome. Well, I'm very flexible. Well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> people from all ends of the, from all parts of the sexuality rainbow are, <laughs> solicit me. 
<laughs> well, dude, I happen to be gay myself, so it's kind of, I don't, like I said, like, it's, how do I put this? Whenever you come across a fan that's from the LGBTQ community and then they ask you a question, do you say to yourself, okay, uh, that's a little out there, but I'll entertain the notion, you know, like, give it right back. Have you ever had, I guess what I'm trying to ask. I don't really get, I don't really, well, you better ask direct because I'm not good at figuring shit out, man. Pardon the French. We're just, we're just staying casual here. But well, I'll, I'll say saying, probably, you know, when when a fan asks me a question, I generally am not thinking is, is this person LGBTQ, IA plus or or not. I'm, I'm just thinking here's a here's a person who's a fan, and I'm a wrestler, so we're going to have a, a conversation that um, is along those lines of fan and wrestler. Be be whatever sexuality you want, man. I got you. Well, it's like um, I was going to ask you, like, how. When you said chopped liver, it was like, uh, my curiosity peaked because I'm like, I wonder how many conversations Mike has had outside this dude that have been, like, either sexually explicit or... I'll say, like, Brian, they're rarely, sex- <laughs> they're rarely sexually explicit. It's just, just like people, in, 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 like anybody else in wrestling or people outside of wrestling... There are, I mean, there are, we are human beings and people have uh, sexual attractions to some other people and sometimes they express those, but it's, it's very rarely in a vulgar way. I don't think I've ever enco- encountered a fan who's been like offensive at all. Uh, some fans are bizarre. It's, and usually the bizarreness is not a sexual thing at all. They're just bizarre, just bizarre people and much love to everybody who is uh um, bizarre or not, you know, everybody's different. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you that anybody has ever like really terrified me or, um, or said something that I was like offended by. Most wrestling fans are pretty cool. Yeah. Cause, uh, well, let's just say this. Uh, I've had people describe to me like, what, you know, makes them tick and what makes them, you know, on air just tell me, like, I've had fans that are creepers, you know, and I like I said, I don't like to name names of, of get previous guests that have told me prior stories that I can't quote per, you know, per each verbiage that they've said. But the reason why I say this is because it's like, uh, it depends, I guess, on who I'm speaking with because I've only spoke with a few people. So I think it's cool that <clears throat> you take it as like, uh, well, they're just wrestling fans and, you know, they're, they're cool. I've never had any sense of that's it's a rarity among some, some workers, not all. I say that because um, I've only spoken with a few that have told me, like when I asked that question, have you ever had any, like what's the creepiest moment you've ever had? And, one, I guess, maybe I'll, I'll tell you this, and... Brian. The, the creepiest moment I've ever had is any time I have any interaction with this dude named uh, named Dave from Kansas City. He is just a creepy motherfucker. He makes my skin crawl any time I have any contact with him. Dave C. I think you know him. And he is just a gross, 
he is gross and he makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. He's uh that that dude creeps me out. I'll say that. But he's not a wrestling fan. He's like kind of in the wrestling industry. Oh. Yeah, I kind of know who you're referencing, dude. It it might take oh. It just clicked. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, but uh, otherwise, I mean, people in wrestling, oh, I'll tell you, man, I did customs one time, and uh, I I think I kind of understand what it's like to be on the set of an adult film now that I've done customs. Dude walks into the room, dude who's running the, the thing, you know, we all get there, everybody's on time except dude who's running it, right? So he walks in, he's got a garbage bag, he just turns the garbage bag upside down, and just a bunch of, like, Thong underwear and speedos, <laughs> falling a giant pile on the floor. He's like, "All right, get your costumes on. Whoever wants to be first, you first. Uh, that can, oh, that can... <laughs> uh, well, yeah, through, man. It's not, like, it's not often, dude. That like I also did another on the real. It's not often that I admit shit actually openly on my show. I've only admitted." maybe once or twice that I'm openly gay and it kind of takes people by surprise and it's funny when they when they hear me admit they go wait you're gay and I was actually on another podcast when I admitted that I was and he's like I wouldn't have known if you were or not I was like jokingly telling the dude I go dude if you take one look at my playlist and see that three quarters of my playlist is Mariah Carey I was like, wouldn't that have been a dead giveaway right there? <laughs> that was a tip off. <laughs> it's like, there you go. So I've Brian, got the glitter soundtrack know. alongside her other shit. So I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, if you, he was like, I'm terrible with that stuff. I'm like, really? I mean, I don't know many, many straight dudes that are very manly and burly and, and tough that wouldn't straight up and openly admit, oh, by the way, I've got all 17 or 18 albums of her, and I absolutely worship and adore her, not just for her looks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, she's very talented. And I was she's just, got a great, great singing yeah. voice. And my uh, dad's favorite song of all time is uh, the Mariah Carey Christmas song. Oh, All I Want for Christmas is You? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah remember, it's a great song. I remember that when I was seven years old, dude, at Rock Up, because I, I, well, actually, now I live in New York, so like, when uh, when she actually released the recording, like of uh, the song with Ariana and uh, Jennifer Hudson, my friend goes, "Oh my gee, you remember this is like the feeling when she came out with All I Want for Christmas Is You.'" And I said, "Dude, I'm so old. I remember they were handing out the cassette singles at Rockefeller Center." <laughs> and so like. She goes, oh, do you still have yours? And I said, it's probably in storage somewhere, somewhere in the city of Brooklyn, and I'm not even going to venture into that place because it's like, it's right next to a mattress outlet store, which is hilarious. I'm like, yeah, storage and mattress firm, that goes well, right? And so, anyways, long story short, I have a hard time admitting stuff to people, um, Due to the fact that uh, I'm afraid of how I'd be perceived due to something that's uh, not, you know, to be making this show about moi, folks. But uh, in eighth grade, I had a horrible experience coming out of the closet. Uh, 
it was at a Catholic school, and long story short, it wasn't a very good experience, Mike. It just it like caused me to go. Well, dude, I ended up like having self mutilation and depression and all kinds of like. Well, I had I was instantly brought to a therapy um, to help me situate along with my situation, and so like it was very. It was a dark time, so I don't. Because of that experience, I've learned to openly trust people that I can trust, and not like people that are complete strangers, you know. And so, coming out was not. Uh, ooh, wee! That was an experience. Yeah, it's a shame. It's uh, a shame that the that the world is in such a state that um, nice people like you feel that they can't be themselves openly. I really. Uh, I feel for you, man, and uh, I really hope that that someday that we will continue to enlighten ourselves to the point that it's not a big deal when somebody declares their sexuality, whatever it might be, and it's just a thing that is part of who they are as a person that doesn't come with any prejudice or hate. I, I truly yeah, hope like that's in the, that regard. And that's the thing. I actually, um, I I know this is going to sound funny, but like I follow a few um, fellow gay workers. I know there's a lot more than just one. So uh, Danny Martinez is one. I know that I follow James Perro and also Darren Young or Fred Foster as he likes to call himself or Rosser. Sorry if I butchered your name, dude. But um, I think he's a pretty cool dude and he <clears throat> well, like I said, I don't like saying certain things on air uh, because like I said, I'd rather tell you in private if that's cool. If if you'd be okay with that after after we get done being on air. My my texts are always open, brother. Okay. So like openly admitting uh something for me is not it been simple since thirteen. You know, the funny cool story though, um it's sad, but uh, it took tragedy, dude, for our eighth grade class to get together. Like, a friend of ours died, like, died and, you know, it didn't, no foul play, nothing. But it took a funeral to get us all together and for somebody to apologize to me after 17 years for him to say, okay, <clears throat> we're sorry for the way we treated you and I always wonder dude like in the back of my head this is kind of similar to wrestling like if somebody did somebody wrong sometimes it takes dudes years and sometimes it takes five seconds or even ten seconds to hey brother I'm sorry I you know I apologize you know I was wrong it literally lifted so much weight off the sh- my shoulders dude that I felt like okay. like man I always wondered why the fuck I was so angry at these people and then it took 17 years later for a dude to pull me aside and said, hey, dude, look, I'm sorry for the way we treated you. Um, you know, I don't want my – he was like, I'm about to have kids of my own, and I don't want them to be exposed to this kind of environment. And I was like, wow, I was kind of flabbergasted at first. Yeah, I'm, glad he kind of, I'm glad he finally came around, dude. You know, I, it's, uh, it's a shame it took him so long, but I'm glad he finally came around. And I think that's the, yeah, the important it, uh, lesson we can take away. I, I better to come around sooner than later, right? Like we all try to enlighten ourselves as much as we can, and sometimes it just takes a while. It just takes a while, 
I'm I'm glad he came around yeah. for you. Yeah, and that was just. I think so... I think uh, like he said, I think um, having kids gives people another perspective, and um, yep. and, and it seems like it did that for him. I think that's a, a really good thing for him. Okay, so I'm gonna aside from like my biopic story that folks, I apologize. This is supposed to be about Mike, not my foe. <laughs> you know what? We just got to talking. It's all good, man. So like, I'm gonna ask you the next question. Have you ever? gotten angry at another worker and you don't have to name names have you ever had that instant where you're like okay i just have to grit my teeth because this dude is the drizzling shits and i really at this point i'm just gonna finish the match and and just be like okay i'm gonna talk to this dude in the back and see what's going on see what's up have you ever had that moment where you're just like i don't feel comfortable working this dude ever again and I don't think I will ever work him in the future. Have you ever had that happen in your career? I mean there are there are a couple people who I feel are unsafe. Maybe just one that I feel is really, really unsafe that I wouldn't wrestle again. But um otherwise yeah, I'll wrestle anybody if there what so <clears throat> look man, um one of the measures of a person's competence as a pro wrestler is how good they can make the other person look. So if I get in there with somebody who's not very experienced or not very skilled, that's just maybe my job is a little bit more challenging that day, but I just look at it as, I mean, that's part of my job, and I'm very confident in my ability to make the other person look good and to um, to make our match uh, entertaining, regardless of whether I'm doing the work for just myself or if I'm doing the work for, for both people. I... It hasn't, it hasn't ever really. Um, I can't say. You know, I'm a pretty laid back dude, and I, I really keep keep it mellow. So I've never like gone to the back and blown up at people. Um, sometimes, if I feel some advice would be helpful, I'll, I'll ask a person if they want advice, and I will give it to them. Um, but that's that's about it. It just uh, it's just part of the job, man. <laughs> man, I love this dude. Seriously, folks, like, you can take notes because a lot of people, when they get upset with another, I've seen this before from experiences, okay? They get upset, they pull dude aside, and things sometimes it gets heated and sometimes it doesn't. And that's just the, I don't want to give all the secrets away of a wrestling locker room. I'm pretty sure those, some of the marks will be like, I've seen documentaries, so therefore I know what it's like. No, man. Wrestling locker room is for, in my, in my opinion, it may just be me, or may just be a few, but that's something or somewhere that you have formed a brotherhood, no matter where you come from, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, Absolutely. doesn't matter. You know, you, one hundred percent. We all, yeah, we are all brothers and sisters, and you can't just say, I know of an experience when you've never really gone through those ropes and taking not just a bump. I'm talking about you've actually hurt yourself, been through hell, been through training and actually seen, you know, show is I can't for me, Mike, I cannot watch a show. I can watch it as a fan and be entertained. I mean, that's not a problem, but now that I've been on the other side of the spectrum, I'm still learning. I'm like, wow, you know, this, this shit's constantly evolving itself. And it doesn't matter which era it's from because I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, the Attitude Era was the best era of uh, professional wrestling. No, and that's not true. Like, 
There's plenty I mean, it of depends on who you point. are. Some people think that it is. It's I mean, whatever, you know, yeah. like I was saying before, if you're a fan of it, be a fan. If you like the attitude, then like the attitude. It's not if you like today's stuff, like today's stuff. You know, what it's uh it's an art it's an art form, it's a performance and uh it's entertainment and therefore people are going to have different tastes and like what they like. This is true and uh <clears throat> I just say like sometimes when I hear that I'm like, Yeah, you know, growing up they this WWE or F kept us guessing, you know, what's gonna happen next, you know, what's gonna go on, you know. For me, I, I'm not gonna lie, I I believe if you copy and paste the format, because I was an ECW fan growing up, okay, I was brought to the actual event where Joey Styles running down at four years old, dude, no shit, Joey Styles running down, we do not throw chairs in here, we do not throw chairs. <laughs> cool, yeah, you do. Yeah, and, and I, I told uh, Mick Foley the story of how my grandfather and my dad stopped me from throwing a chair, which wouldn't have gone far because I was four years old. But they stopped me from there to grab the chair, and they <laughs> chucked the chair in the ring. It was hilarious. And I, he goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> and so Mick goes, holy cow, man. He goes, that was that was a very long time ago. I said, now that I watched replay, it was because – Hans Storm and you were doing weak chair shots, and then fans in ECW, we all know, are bloodthirsty mongrels, man. I was one of said mongrels, so I I actually got to meet, I've met Mick, wow, two times now, and one of those times was the Hammerstein Ballroom at ECW One Night Stand. That guy is nuts. Mick is absolutely batshit insane, folks. Like, he... I don't think he feels pain after all his matches in Japan and and from what I've seen and prior to what he did in WCW with and Franz Simmons even said during a documentary he said that guy was nuts he would you know do stuff like suplexes on the no uh, he definitely steps. feels pain yeah he he goes I just blocked it out of my mind and thought what would energy, what would wow the crowd and make them go oof. And that made me laugh because I'm like watching. Uh, I was watching Dark Side of the Ring when they were talking about Herb Abrams from like the early '90s, and Mick said he had a patch with Jimmy Superfly Snuka, and he uh, Brian uh, Brian Blair was saying you can't do that. <laughs> you know you can't suplex him on the stairs. It's like it's Herb's show. We can do whatever we want. I started cracking up. I'm like, well, that sounds like Mick. <laughs> it sure does. That's McCoy for uh, you. Yep. So, um, you said when we had a half hour, Mike, is there um, any way the fans can reach you at your social media platforms like the Facebook, Instagram, oh, yeah. or Twitter? Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, man. Thanks for yep. asking. Um, I am I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Yoga Salt, which is my awesome finishing move where I bring a yoga mat to the top rope and I do a moonsault and the yoga mat opens up and I land on top of somebody and then I pin them. Nobody's ever kicked out the yoga salt at uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, Oh, you can uh, look for Mike Seidel yoga on YouTube. I'm going to put up some new videos this week. Awesome. Well, dude, I will definitely text you while I am doing my show. I can multitask, but I love having you on here because it was just like a very... <laughs> I believe you can. It was like, well, yeah, most 
<clears throat> most of us East Coasters, we know who you are. And some of my roommates were being dicks, and they're like, dude, you got Evan Bourne's brother. How the fuck did you manage that? I was like, well, you know. Yeah, um, we go way back. We go way back, and I... Not gonna say where, but I will say it was it was uh Mike was a very chill dude back then, he's still a chill dude now and they said, Well how the fuck can you get Yeah, and um <laughs> telling my roommate, the one who helps me with my with my show and giving the cue cards in order, he goes, You know, that's pretty cool that you know all these cool dudes and I'm like Dude, I don't know, know them. I just happen by happenstance, like, hey, do you want to be on my show? And he's like, don't be modest, you bastard. And I said, thanks, dude. Yeah, we know each other. <laughs> yeah, we know each but other. Thank That's you for having me on my show, that. man. I appreciate it. It was a uh, it was a pleasure talking with you. And I wish you the best with your show, and uh, and with yourself. And please, and just please take care of yourself, okay? I think I'm gonna message you on Messenger if that's cool. Please. All right. Well, folks, that was uh, Mike Seidel, and we thank him for being on my show. And it was great having you, dude, and we hope to have you next month. Um, Thank you so much. Well, folks, tonight I guess I will chat about SmackDown Live and various other forms of wrestling right AEW Dynamite and uh, and other things regarding professional wrestling so let's start off with a Smackdown Live review folks and just for the old time sakes we're going to play the old theme for SmackDown Live just because, just for the nostalgia. Right after the show, too. Take it. <laughs> Compensation for then well, I do not own the rights to the former prior theme to SmackDown Live, all rights reserved WWE Incorporated. So I will read to you the result. SmackDown Live. Sorry, folks. I'm a little bit multitasky tonight, so sorry. I apologize for that noise you hear in the background, folks. It's me being on my iPad talking to 
to uh, Mike here in just a second. But anyways, I have some news for you. This is before this is before the Royal Rumble this Sunday. See, I had even forgotten this sounds really bad. I actually knew that the Royal Rumble was occurring, but I didn't think they were going to do it on the week of the AFC and NFC Championship. Okay. So, <clears throat> results, results, results. I got to get to the results, damn it. I'm sorry, folks, if I sound a bit scatterbrained, but here we go. Do, 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 results. I saw some of it before. I spoke with Mike, but not a lot. Okay, tonight is the take-home show. Live from the Tropicana Center with the virtual crowd. Okay. And let's see. I don't want to see that recap, but I do want to. (laughs) Tonight's results. Brought to you by WrestleView.com. Bailey and Bianca Belair. Holy shit. So, this is by Roy Niemer from WrestleView.com. So, Brian starts off the show by saying, My time, he needs to climb that mountain one more time. He doesn't know how many WrestleMania moments he has left. But, you know, thanks to Chad Gable and all this in Alpha County, he is ready. So he's number one or 30. AJ Styles from Raw says, he'll use the AJ Styles throw 29 men over the top rope. So promo, promo. And then almost says every quarter, any superstar from any brand can go over as he pleases. Okay. AJ Styles declares himself as part of the Royal Rumble. And then Kayla Braxton is backstage with Bailey. She asked, you know, she know whatever. <clears throat> she said she threw Bianca Belair into a steel basketball hoop. Okay, she's proud of Bianca after watching her chronicle, but Bianca ran away from all her problems or half her life. So, in other words, another interview. Then there's commercial break, then Bianca Belair versus Bailey. So she lands KOD, which is basically a torture rack slam. And then uh, let's see here. Dominic Mysterio versus Baron Corbin. Interesting. So Corbin gets back in the ring. Dominic is slammed into the mat. Back body drop. And then, oh, he actually does his father's move, 619. Cool. But then it says Corbin on the apron. Dominic goes, chunk it, but Corbin ducks. Corbin gets back in the ring at the end of days, and he goes for cover one, two, three. Sasha Banks is backstage. And comes running with a bottle Merlot. So he gives Reginald. She gives Reginald back the bottle. Okay, cool. And so let's see here. Shinsuke Nakamura goes backstage, and Sami Zayn stops him and says he doesn't answer anything, actually. Then Sami tells him, you know what? He's done a lot for him. He was his liberator. So Nakamura, I'm guessing, yeah, it's not too hard to guess. 
So Nakamura tells him everything he ever did was for himself. Heyman says Kevin will speak of his tribal chief that way. Well, there was one big talk fest on SmackDown Live tonight, except for a few matches. So AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. And by disqualification, Daniel Bryan, because Cesaro and Big E push each other, Cesaro with a big boot, Bryan with a suicide dive on all the men. So Big E, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Big E. Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Big E versus Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and AJ Styles. It's not odd, folks, for a six-man tag to begin. Okay. And then, um, let's see here. Back from commercial, AK is tagging in. He attacks Brian's left leg. Okay. So, Cesaro goes for the neutralizer. Big E blocks. Big E slams Cesaro onto the mat. <laughs> just... I can just hear the emphasis of Michael Cole in my head, and it's it's not that grandiose, folks, but Daniel Bryan, Big E, and Shinsuke win. There's commercial break, Daniel Bryan. So, okay. The Miz hits with John Morris. Okay, so they ended up running. Essentially, so Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke, Nakamura, Big E, and Otis versus Sami Zayn, Cesaro, AJ Styles, Miz, and Morrison. You talk about a cluster. I mean, in one big match after another big match, and it kind of makes sense. You know, Sheamus, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Big E, and Otis win this match. So it's mainly a face match. <clears throat> I know it's been a while since I've reviewed SmackDown Live, folks. Uh, live on air. And um, I just want to point out, it was it was, hmm, I would say a fifty-fifty night for SmackDown Live. Uh, it wasn't really heavy on promo as much as people may have thought it was. It's probably three three segments. One was a backstage interview. One was uh, that's it. A few were backstage interviews, maybe two, and there was three that I counted. Okay. So, and the fact that they let Bianca Belair go over Bailey, that's cool. Because honestly, looking at the skill set, Bailey's got skills, Bianca has skills. One, though, if you look at it strength wise, they're both strong women, but one's stronger than the other, Bianca, I'm talking about. So, they're making progress, folks. It's improving from what it would have been. And what it would have been in, in the past if there was an audience, I don't know if Bailey would have gone over or not. It just so happens that Bianca Belair was chosen. So I'm just going to stop there. As far as Sami Zayn and Nakamura and all of them, <clears throat> I'm going to be dead honest with you. Yeah, it may have seemed like a clusterfuck to be, you know, booking back-to-back three-plus men matches, but what are you going to do with a depleted roster during the pandemic? And two, what, you know, what other choice do we have? I've grown to love and I've grown to hate some of what they've done during the pandemic, but there's some people that are going to Tampa because it's 16,000 people 
that are allotted to go to this event. And the prelude to WrestleMania is the Royal Rumble. So this Sunday, I don't know who's going to win the Royal Rumble, but I do know that Goldberg and McIntyre are facing each other this Sunday. I also do know that Roman Reigns is going one-on-one with Kevin Owens. So we might have brand new champions before the Rumble, okay? And uh, that's not a big shame that Goldberg's wrestling. It's the fact that he stated in an article, my body doesn't feel the same as it once did. And so like, it made me feel a little relieved that there was an open admittance from Bill Goldberg that he's not feeling 100%. Because the Goldberg that I and others grew up watching in WCW, you know, wasn't recorded as being unsafe with other dudes. It's just he was like thirty second entertainer, and by thirty seconds or a minute, because his matches really didn't last that long. His longest matches were probably Sting and Hogan. The Spear and the Jackhammer was his main offense. Still is. You know why? Because he lasted so long. I don't think that man ever was recorded taking a match lengthier and longer. But William Regal sure did it. And so that's why it was... That's why it was different when someone gave Goldberg a lengthy match. That's Probably why at Madison Square Garden with Brock Lesnar, and I keep bringing this up, Goldberg is not a bad worker. He's an entertainer. <clears throat> He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's got a lot of accolades that people wish they had. Um, as far as tonight's SmackDown Live goes, good job. I saw some of it. I saw the Baron Corbin versus Dominic Mysterio match, bits and pieces of it. I saw some of the sub-main event with Daniel Bryan, Big E, and Cesaro, Nakamura, and all those awesome dudes. But I must tell you, it was extremely telling. You know, that there's only two, three promos before the take-home show. On Fox, just SmackDown Live, on Fox. Paul Heyman comes out. You know, there's never a dull moment with Paul. I mean, it just never is. If, if you ask my humble opinion, folks, I think the blue brand, actually, I'm pretty sure the blue brand is doing a much better job than Raw. Why? Three hours, it's hard to fill TV, versus two hours with straight short, sweet, concise, and to the point. So you never really know whether it's going to be an action-packed show, whether it's going to be full of controversy. Raw has never been the same ever since I've watched it. It's never been the same. And that's a good thing, right? Versus, you know, AEW Dynamite, which the ratings are absolutely on fire because... If it's garnering over a million viewers, I mean, we're about to go back into having the ability to have crowds again where arenas can kind of be full, but it has to be regulated by the government, right? That's sad, even though here's the thing. 
I was to review SmackDown Live and I switched straight up to AEW. Because why? This is a wrestling fucking podcast, damn it. And I got to keep honest, right? I got to keep honest. I got to keep up to date with shit. So here it is, folks. AEW Dynamite basically... Has some stuff that WWE does not have. WWE has some stuff that AEW is copied and pasted from. But who's you know who's pointing fingers at whom? That's the fun part, and and I found it hilarious. <clears throat> Beth Phoenix tweeted out, "My commentary team can beat up your commentary team." Have you? If you think on it, folks, they must be bored with one another because it's fun. It's just fun to take small little jabs at one another. I think it was funny. I didn't really think anything of what was said. I just thought, okay, they're just having fun. But others may take a jab at Beth because commentary team of Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett, and Beth Phoenix. There's only two that I can see putting up a fight, really. Beth, because, holy shit, if you remember, folks, she did eliminate the great Collie at the Royal Rumble. And speaking of the Royal Rumble, man alive, it's been a year. A year ago. In Houston, where yours truly sat at Minute Maid Park and watched Drew McIntyre play more. Brock Lesnar over the top rope. Thankfully, after Lesnar had basically steamrolled through 14 other competitors. And I hate saying this, but Lesnar and Rousey are probably going to make their return at this Sunday's Royal Rumble. We don't know for sure. But Rousey has been cleared to return to WWE, and that's fine, whatever. Um, she really doesn't care for the company. I just think, you know. She was super nice when I met her, but that doesn't mean, you know, she's got to play the role of uh, ultimate bitch on TV. That's just part of the role that she's given. However, I I love when Becky was interviewed, and she said she was complaining about not being able to cook breakfast for her husband. And it's like, you signed up for this stuff. Did she draw fans in when she was saying this stuff? Yes. But was she being also legit serious about Ronda Rousey's role in WWE? Because it was short-lived. She was only there for, ooh, seven months, and then she wanted to have children. So she went and took a leave. Now she's on her way back. And after she had disrespected the sanctity of professional wrestling, quote-unquote, If you're involved with a company such as WWE and you know that you wrestle for a company that's been around for 40-plus years, all I ask is that you show some semblance of pride. And Ronda Rousey, <coughs> boy, she when she was there, a lot of fans were torn. The ones just liked her because of her looks, and they thought it was hot that she dominated other women. You sick freaks. Two, I'm sorry, but I just cannot get behind the bullshit that she was trying to spew out. 
especially when you have to pick up the microphone three fucking times and then storm out of the ring. Like, there's no purpose of that. Just grab the mic, say a few syllables, set it down, walk out. The remembrance, the like, the memories I'm recalling right now because I read the article saying that she's ready to go, and it's like, if she wins the Rumble, it's like, you know... It is what it is, folks. We saw this coming. I don't know if Becky Lynch is returning, but I do know that she's going to come back soon and win the championship, and then Ronda's going to probably end up taking it off of her because why? There's not going to be... Okay, you tell me how many cores of booze you're going to hear from 16,000. I'll tell you. And I'm going to list off some you know, similar facts. Actually, not facts. I'm just going to list off facts. In the Royal Rumble, because it is this weekend, and it is this Sunday, and it is going to be during the daytime that you're going to get a pre-show, and uh, ever since 1988, I believe, was when the Royal Rumble was conceived, so, it's yeah, it's been 1988, so in January, and it was the prelude up to WrestleMania, whoever won that match, it was created by the uh, deceased uh, Pat Patterson, controversial figure or not, he is a Hall of Famer and he does, you know, hold some precedent over a lot of times, so Raw, let's see here, 2003 to 2011, 2017 was present, okay, it was broadcast live on the USA Network, wow, so it used to be broadcast like WWE Raw was, so... Yeah, I'm not so fond of that one. I've been to every Royal Rumble uh, since 2016, I believe. Actually, no, no, no. 17 was my first. I remember that because I went to take over War Games back in Houston, folks. And there wasn't that... It was sad. There was not that many people for the very first War Games. And I was kind of disappointed because you think Texas, they love wrestling. Depends on which region you go through. Or city, I mean... I'm going to actually list off the winners of the Royal Rumble because I want to I definitely want to see who won that so Hamilton, Ontario okay and Jim Duggan was the first one John Studd, Hogan Flair, Yokozuna Brett Brett Hart and Lex Luger, oh my god Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin Mr. McMahon has won it twice. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Chris Benoit, Batista, Rey Mysterio, The Undertaker, John Cena, Randy Orton, Edge, Alberto Del Rio, Sheamus, John Cena, Batista, Roman Reigns, Triple H, and the number order, folks, that these people entered the Rumble at, so... Hacksaw Jim Duggan was number 13. Big John Studd was number 27. Hulk Hogan it says, you know, two numbers here, 24 and 25. Ric Flair was number three. Yokozuna sitting in at number 27. Bret Hart was number 27, and Luger was 23. So they both won the Rumble. That's kind of funny. Uh, Shawn Michaels was number one. And he, <laughs> there's times where he won it twice. So, okay. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. My God, man, he was number 24. Mr. McMahon was number two, and that was a screw job in itself. It's kind of funny. The Rock was number 24. Austin was 27. Triple H was number 22. Lesnar was 29. Benoit was one. Batista was 20, number 28. Rey Mysterio, oh, my God. So the story behind that one, lasting almost over an hour and six minutes, insane. Actually, no, I think it was less time than that, but it was still nearly hour range. <clears throat> the Undertaker at number 30, John Cena at number 30, Orton at number 8, Edge at 29, Alberto Del Rio was at a part of a 40-man battle royal. I Holy fuck, that was a lot of people in the ring. Um, Sheamus at number 22, Cena at number 19, Batista at 28, Roman Reigns at 19, Hunter, Triple H at 30, Randy Orton at 23, Shinsuke Nakamura, number 14. I guess, you know what? Here. And let's see here. Asuka was the first ever women's uh, Royal Rumble winner. I remember that. It was in Philly. Becky Lynch at number 28. Seth Rollins at number 10. Charlotte Flair at 17. Drew McIntyre. At 16. So the first time the Women's Royal Rumble occurred, I remember being at a buddy's house watching it with friend. We all predicted who would win. I was one of the few that actually predicted Asuka. I don't know if he still has a prediction sheet. I don't know if Brandon does or not. But I do know that uh, we, after Asuka won, it was kind of, um, I don't know. I do know that that win was short-lived and celebrated by fans for various other reasons because of the fact that we felt that she was fucked over, and she's still getting fucked over. She's still a champion, yes, but in ways, folks, there are people that she could easily steamroll over, and people are like, well, why didn't you know the booking team decide for her to go over so-and-so? I can't explain that to you. I don't know what goes inside the head of the creative team. I don't want to know what goes inside their heads because, honestly, it's not catering to the fans. It's catering to what boss tells us, what boss, you know, we're going to do what boss says. That's kind of protocol for any job, but at the same time, we as fans feel like that's bullshit. And as outside of her victory, you know, <clears throat> many of us feel that if Charlotte wins, She'll automatically get a title shot, and she'll automatically get to go over. Maybe because of name, maybe not. But uh, wait, did I go off tangent before the the minute mark? Okay, no, I'm going good. So, Royal Rumble this Sunday on the WWE Network. If you sign up now, you can get your first month free believe they're still doing that promo and they're still getting a lot of new subscribers so I'm not totally out of touch folks <clears throat> if you can't pay with a regular debit or credit card you can go to your local GameStops, Dollar Generals Best Buys, FYEs 7-Eleven, Dollar Generals Walmart and subscribe and get your WWE 
card, a preloaded card. Prices may vary in taxes. Different taxes may apply depending on the state that you live in. The card is good for three months. So not only do you get four months of content, you get more than just WWE. You get Smoky Mountain Pro Wrestling. You get ECW, WCCW, ICW, Ring of Honor, Evolve. And you can see your former shoe stars in there. Young, old, glory, whichever one, you know, you want to see NWA, the days of the Monday Night Wars. I do not know if they have Dark Side of the Ring, but they do have documentaries, including the latest uh, chronicles of Bianca Belair. They have The Undertaker. They have John Cena. They have Roman Reigns. They have a shit ton of people. Okay, they even have the rise and fall of ECW, the rise and fall of WCW. You know, main fan favorites is on there, folks. So even if you don't watch WWE and you prefer to watch the old shit, WWE Network is the place to be. Oh, and that doesn't clear the advertisements. If you wish to go to a pro wrestling school, you can do so by going, hopping online, searching in Safari or wherever it is you search, Google, Google Chrome, any internet browser that doesn't have breaches and security, if you will. Go to www.monsterfactory.org. That's www.monsterfactory.org. Invest in yourself today. There are certain payment plans that work out to their finest, man. And this this awesome dude, the owner, the head trainer, the coach of the world-famous Monster Factory located in Paulsburg, New Jersey. Make sure you invest in yourself today. Do not email the office, even though if it's the only way you can contact someone, please do. There's an email located there. There's also a phone number attached located directly on the website itself. So by all means, folks, I went to two of those super camps and can tell you from experience, it is worth it. It is worth learning a lot because Danny follows the mold of every you know format that a company is looking for will be looking for and should be looking out for you if you follow the format which is shut up listen eyes open ears open just be ready to learn because monster factory is one of the top premier wrestling schools in the world no joke invest in yourselves today sign up oh and masks are required to wear during the entire practice that is for what's going on right now. As you know, COVID-19, 25 million plus Americans have been confirmed with it. <clears throat> so wear masks. Don't be an asshole. Anyways, I'm going to segue into this next segment. I have, <laughs> oh my God, I've given myself an hour to rant and rave. Hmm. Whatever shall I do? It's Royal Rumble week, folks. And the following content of the following show contains X amount of expletives. So if you have children under the age of 18, I suggest you cover their ears or you, you know, do something to prevent them from hearing explicit language. I'm not responsible for any repeats. They get to principal's eardrums from my show. 
And if they do repeat it, holy shit, your your kids are a special case of something. I don't know. <clears throat> this show is a copyrighted podcast. Off the Rails Uncensored was a coined phrase podcast on March 7th, 2016. Five years running, folks, almost. And the five-year anniversary of Off the Rails Uncensored is going to be popping. Trust me, I'm going to get that show to be live and in charge. If there is any reproduction likeness thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored, there will be a $45 fine for every usage of the phrase off the rails uncensored. And it will be directly deposited into my PayPal account. All right. I guess it's that time, folks, where you get to buckle up, get ready to get inside my head. I am not responsible for any boss, offensive feelings that you feel because quite frankly it's my damn show and I'll rant if I want to rant if I want to I'll have points to rant to do 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 alright monkeys in the truck can you do me one big solid favor hit my Music. Dig it. shows that traditionally I normally like because the Royal Rumble features 30 competitors or 40 depending on how big this event truly is supposed to be, right? So, historically speaking, Royal Rumble is 33 years old. Actually, yeah, 33. That's old. Okay. So, I must tell you that there comes a point in time where fans are wondering, okay, is there going to be a payoff? Is there going to be a, a superstar that wins and there's going to be an actual payoff? There has been. Becky Lynch, Drew McIntyre, not so much Nakamura and um, Asuka, but we mustn't focus on the past, although the past kind of looms over our heads sometimes and it comes to WWE <clears throat> been good and bad in the Royal Rumble. There's been a lot of back and forth moments or the motions like Rey Mysterio winning or Shawn Michaels winning or The Undertaker or Batista or hell, even John Cena for the umpteenth time. I don't care. The Royal Rumble is somewhere where you actually get to prove your worth and show the fans 
is exactly who in the hell you are, where you belong, and why you belong. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this shit, but sometimes the winners of the Royal Rumble have not really gotten over with the fans, and there's reasons for that. We're picky bastards and bitches, man. We don't know half the things that we want anymore because we're so busy chanting and trying to get ourselves over when there when there are crowds. I miss, I don't miss the chants. I just miss being among fellow wrestling fans. That's it. And I'm not gonna lie. I wish the Royal Rumble had a crowd because we know that Mania is gonna be in Tampa. We know that there's gonna be several fans clamoring to get those last tickets, you know, for Mania. It depends on how the card looks for me. I it's all the way in April, so I've got not much time to plan because they they're not gonna <clears throat> not have people and as an audience at okay. Let's say it right now, man, okay. They're gonna have a redo WrestleMania at Raymond James Stadium. For tickets and information you can go to various third party sites or you can go directly to WWE dot com for ticket sales. I don't know if they're going to do access or not. I don't know how much money they would make off of 16,000 people. I mean, it may generally be open to the general public. They may do some autograph signings. Or this may be open. I don't know. But anyways, back to the whole Royal Rumble philosophy. Um, yay or nay for this year's Royal Rumble? I don't know if... I don't know. There's just so much that goes into this. And there's in a battle royal, you already know who's going to win. But the beauty part of it is, in the audience, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So it's the one time a year, maybe a few times of the year, that WWE... has us fooled, or some of us can predict before it even happens. Congratulations to you guys. You guys know what the company wants and who they're getting it towards. I just... Um... If you have any questions, Russell underscore radio is the Instagram at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. Actually, I'm going to give the correct Twitter. <laughs> That's um, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. That's correct. At underscore Brian Rails. Yeah, that's me. Okay. And Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. That's how you can reach us on social media, folks. But back to the Royal Rumble. In years past, did it mean something? Yes. Because obviously the winner, from now both the men and the women, get to have the opportunity to face their respective champion of choice. 
Not sure who's going to win the women's rumble, but like I said earlier, I think Ronda Rousey has definitely been on the radar for many fans, and I'm not really happy about that one because she really didn't have a positive, you know, aspect to her whatsoever when she worked in the ring. It's kind of like you need more training at the performance center. You need to be more crisp on this. You need to sell your shit. In other words, when she... Okay, whoopsie. Sorry about that. Soyberg made a guest appearance, folks. No, it's just a slip of the hand on an Apple TV remote. Anyways, so Ronda Rousey's return's probable, and it will happen. <clears throat> the Men's Royal Rumble, I'm not sure. I don't know if Daniel Bryan's actually going to win, and will he be set up to win or lose? I don't know. Um... The the thing that I I never really quite understood though about the men's rumble sometimes was that <clears throat> the outcome did determine who went on to WrestleMania. And sometimes people would get sick of John Cena winning, sometimes people would be like, Oh cool, it's the Undertaker, oh cool, it's you know McIntyre. I like not knowing. That's the beauty part about this whole ordeal. I like not knowing who's going to win or who I feel is going to win, but I do have a sneaky suspicion that could be proven wrong because sometimes the for sure wins, like, oh, yeah, this for sure this guy's going to win. They end up winning. No, the for sures. Now... Like I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. I really am not a fan of the idea of a fantasy matchup for the booking team of Roman Reigns, McIntyre, Goldberg, and Lesnar. I mean, that one out of those four, I'm going to actually pull four just because. And the other three, it's not that I dislike them. It's that seeing them involved in a fatal four-way at Mania for the WWE Championship would make one wonder why, just why. Am I saying that it would be a horrible match? No, dude. Actually, yes. You know how many moments, if there there is going to be a crowd, so... I mean, it comes at a time in which we're unsure whether or not we're going to ever get out of this shit. So, two nights, 16,000 people each. I don't know if the <clears throat> if the tickets are going to feature the ability to show up to both nights or you only get one. Not sure, but I do know that 16,000 people are going to generate a lot of money. They haven't been to an event in so long. And then you buy a flight, you book a hotel, book a rental car, or you can book an Airbnb. That might actually, um, I don't know what the restrictions are, and I don't know if people are still selling their properties due to the feelings of uh, how they feel about COVID 19, but I do know that I had to cancel 
my reservations and my property. I don't know if I get tickets to WrestleMania or not because I had prior tickets to it. So I wonder how that works. So it's either a hurt or a help at this point when it comes to WrestleMania. The pay-per-view that follows the Royal Rumble. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be one big question mark in a good way, because not only do we not have things to look forward to as fans for the moment, but they just started the attendance, which you know we the crowd that gets to participate at WrestleMania. Congratulations, um, you guys are very lucky to be the guinea pigs, I guess, and hopefully. You guys are safe. I love you guys. I wish that there was a crowd at Royal Rumble again because the countdown, uh, it's going to be canned heat, canned, uh, you know, it's going to be a recording. And it's kind of, they have no choice, though. Not only that concern about the crowd, folks, it's, my concern is the WWE better not do something stupid, which knowing them, I wouldn't put it past their company to be like, uh, well, you know, we have this going on, so we're just going to put this guy over. No, it's more than that. Like, well, the direction we're going, we're going to choose this person. Who knows? Because the last few years has been one big curveball with WWE. And... Um, so, <clears throat> sorry folks, like I said, I, I'm multitasking messaging our guests from the show, but, uh, the Royal Rumble this Sunday, let me check the time for this, because it may or may not be different, and do have 40 minutes left of the show, and I don't have to fill all 40 minutes, so, this Sunday live, on the network, It says 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So it's going to be tomorrow instead of Sunday. No in-person attendance. I don't want to watch the YouTubes for that, but um, I do want to check out Mike's YouTube channel because he says he has a yoga channel. So that's that's been interesting. Sorry, folks. I get sidetracked. Sorry. Um. <clears throat> yes, and no, I don't I don't come in contact with Mike that often, but when I do, I make the most of it because he's a cool dude. Um, no, he, he does yoga, he does wrestling. Oh, he does. Okay, so he does No Down Dog 20-Minute Yoga Flow, and he has 24-minute video. Deep shoulder stretching. Uh, so he does have... No, I'm serious. He does have 30-minute videos of... Uh, okay. There's even someone who has challenged him for a yoga video. That's cool. Again, sorry, folks. I get sidetracked. This Sunday, the Royal Rumble. I don't know what to expect, but I can tell you in all honesty... Um, 
there's a lot of question marks that I have as a fan. Like, where, are you, which direction are you going? Is is Kevin Owens filing in ahead of payoff? Is he going to enter the Royal Rumble? And is he going to face Roman Reigns at uh, the Royal Rumble? Or is it, you know, there's rumors floating around that John Cena is going to enter the Rumble. And he's, you know, for ratings draw, he's going to WrestleMania to face Roman Reigns. Yeah, and to me, that match seems like the drizzling shits because it was once upon a time the drizzling shits on Monday Night Raw. The crowd was literally booing the both of them out of the building for the simple fact that it wasn't very, it was very cookie cutter. It was very less entertaining from the aspect that nobody was willing to take risks. Nobody was willing to do anything that would warrant uh, yeah, man, I should really go see this match, you know. <clears throat> Is that the company? No, dude, that's mean. I wouldn't call them the company bitches. I would just say they were the company chosen ones. That's better than the company kiss asses, corporate kiss asses, whatever you want. Look, whoever gets chosen to work a main event, there's reasons because they're the face of the company. They do all the charities with the kids. They shake the, they kiss the babies. They, they make people happy. And that's kind of a rarity among wrestlers. So whether you love, hate, um, beseech, beg, plead not to see John Cena in the main event, it may or may not happen. Some like him, some dislike him. I cannot life and guarantee you that we're all going to be in agreement in agreement to what we see this Sunday. And that could mean John Cena throws Kevin Owens over the top rope and costs him a championship opportunity, which then might lead to a triple threat match. So I'm gonna laugh my ass off if creative is scratching out that exact result and putting something completely different. Because if Daniel Bryan wins this match, wouldn't that be funny? <clears throat> if if he like I used to tell Lady Lynn, wouldn't it be funny if Daniel Bryan were to throw John Cena over the top rope and win the Royal Rumble and go on to face Roman Reigns? And then proceed to win the WWE Championship for the last time? I'm not sure. I, you know, Honestly, I seriously am not sure. Because anything can happen in WWE. That thing might actually come back to life, folks. It might. It may or may not. Some of you may laugh at me. Some of you may say he's legit. Some of you may say... Well, we don't know. And some of you may say, I don't even watch this shit anymore. Whatever the case may be, this coming Sunday on WWE Network and the Royal Rumble at Tropicana Field, six, actually not Sunday, this Saturday. Sorry, I'm so not used to saying that. But 30, 30 entries in both the men's and women's Royal Rumble. I hope that the underdogs win this match because Sometimes it's best if an unknown wins 
like oh, like not unknown but unexpected. Bianca Belair for for the women, for the men, or Nikki Cross for the women, or you know have the men have uh, Cesaro as a possible potential winner because it could be it could be either or. You know what I mean? You could have somebody that hasn't been on the radar of a lot of people win the Royal Rumble and then people I can't believe that Sami Zayn or Cesaro or Kevin Owens won the Rumble that would be insane if Kevin Owens actually won the Royal Rumble because you know that he's going one on one with Roman Reigns already for the championship if the match is early you know that he's going to enter the Rumble right but if it's not Whatever, they go on as planned, they don't want to throw us any curveballs, they don't want to excite us. I mean, I don't think that's the case, but merchandise flow is still going to be the same for WWE. They have a lot of people buying the shit since they cannot go to an event, but I think come Tampa, when those t-shirts tans go up, and there's maybe the, well, I wouldn't say the smallest crowd in Mania history, although it is under 20,000 plus. You're going to see a lot of people just be ready to go. We've been stuck in our houses for so long, going to work and home, work and home. Not even having any time for work and play, work and play. Although some people do work and play, it's cool. <clears throat> That's aside from the point. The Royal Rumble is going to feature, let's see here, 33 minutes left. The Royal Rumble is going to feature not only two championship matches, but I know there's a women's championship match about to be made, so let's see. I know there might be some dark matches, or not, you know, kickoff matches to begin. Royal matches. So I want to see what the rumors say because this is always entertaining just to see what people say. So, okay, it's the most exciting time of the year. WrestleMania 37 takes over two nights. Uh huh, April 10th and April 11th. Inside the Thunderdome at Tropicana Field in Tampa, I knew that. Daniel Bryan became the first man to declare he would take part in the Rumble. So you have Edge Ziggler. Zayn, Mustafa Ali, Jeff Hardy, Cesaro, Otis, Shinsuke, Nakamura, Sheamus, AJ Styles, Jay Uso, John Morrison, The Miz, Bobby Lashley, Daniel Bryan, Big E, Randy Orton. 13 to be announced. So the Romans rumble for the fourth time. Okay, so you have Nia Jack, Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Bianca Belair, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Peyton Roy, Shayna Baszler, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Ruby Wright, and Tamina Snuka. 18 to be announced. So the last man standing match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. There's some scrutiny just a little bit, if you will. Um, I don't know if Kevin's going to win, but I don't think he's going to be counted out, folks. I really don't know at this point. So Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg is the other match. The women's tag team title match, Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I have a feeling there's going to be new women's tag team champions. 
SmackDown Women's Championship is also on the line. Carmella versus Sasha again. Yikes. Um, Intercontinental Championship, Big E versus Sami Zayn. So the prediction, let's see here. United States Championship, Bobby Lashley versus Matt Riddle. I think those matches are probably going to be included on the kickoff. And to be quite honest, folks, it looks pretty stacked, but I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Um, yeah, I, I do think that the Royal Rumble, you know, with all the legends that may or may not join and they, um, they probably at this point in juncture, not sure. Again, I'm not sure. I really, at, at this point, folks, I don't know. I don't know who's going to join the Royal Rumble, to be honest with you, dude. I mean, honestly, maybe the Godfather. It might be Val Venus. It might, there might be Shane McMahon. I don't know. Booker T. Hell, there might even be Gangrel, for all we know. Royal Rumble's always full of surprises. Okay? So, yeah, it may be... Yes, but at the same token, we don't know who the fuck's gonna win. And also, I don't know if Kevin Owens is gonna lose to Roman Reigns or not. And I don't. At the point where if he does enter the Rumble and if he does win, that'd be like the biggest shock to everybody because Daniel Bryan is already involving himself, and that might make him a heavily favored dude. But at the same token, it's just like, okay, so, uh, okay, I don't know, like, the whole prelude to Mania is Royal Rumble, and also the sub-pay-per-view before that leads up to it, which I think is, God, I hope it's not Fastlane. I don't know which pay-per-views after Rumble. To be honest with you, the sub-pay-per-views, Night of Champions, maybe. Uh, Oh, wait. NXT has a few takeovers themselves after the Dusty Classic, so that might actually push a new kind of feel for the women's division. Not sure. It's always been a constant evolving professional wrestling, my friend. What I'm trying to say is I'm not so sure how certain people would react if if NXT gets done with their Women's Destiny class and has somebody either win the Women's Tag Team Championships or lose to the main roster team. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see the reactions they get for two or three matches. One is Kevin Owens actually pins Roman Reigns and beats him at Royal Rumble, which is least likely because they're they're probably going to keep the strap on Roman just out of prediction. Okay, 
that's just my take on it. I could be wrong. The second surprise would be that if Asuka and Charlotte retain the Women's Tag Team Championships and Charlotte doesn't go into the Royal Rumble, I mean, she still can participate. It just depends on length. How long she'll last. Charlotte lasted a pretty damn long time in the Women's Royal Rumble. Is she going to win again? I don't know. The other surprise that would be if Goldberg loses to McIntyre. He said himself he's not feeling the same, but that doesn't put it far out of WWE's reach to be like giving him, not giving him a championship, but letting him earn it. Because McIntyre's not going to lay down. He's not just going to let Goldberg spear him and give him the jackhammer. Goldberg is beatable. Fingers crossed. Because that would be a ratings killer, if you ask me, if Goldberg wins this match. But we all know we shouldn't put it past WWE to uh, give the fans a less ratings draw by having Goldberg win the championship. Because then that means at WrestleMania he gets to be on the poster again. Is that a bad thing? Mm, Depends on who you are. It depends on what type of fan we are, okay? So don't, you know, don't take this the wrong way for those who still cheer for Bill Goldberg. I still like him, but I don't, you know, this was, you know, if this were 1999 or the year 2000, Goldberg was still running around giving jackhammers and spears to people, and I'd be okay with it. But no, it's him, you know, who was working The Undertaker, and he didn't mean to do it, you know. I'm pretty sure he didn't mean to do it, but he, when given The Undertaker the jackhammer, dropped Taker on his head pretty bad and couldn't grip it. That's because, you know, some things, sometimes things happen in wrestling where we can't control it, and we don't know our own strength, or sometimes somebody slips and, you know, hurts their neck pretty bad. And what I'm trying to get at is, folks, I think it would be a horrible idea for Goldberg to win the match. That's just my personal opinion on this, because, yes, people would still bitch and gripe and talk about it, but it's in a negative connotation. Same thing if John Cena was to enter this rumble and win the whole thing. Do you know how many people will lose their lunch? It's like, I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I'm not a Patrick Mahomes fan. And I think that, yes, people wanted to see this matchup. But do you really want to see John Cena go for a championship at WrestleMania again? This is not 2000 or 2003, whenever the fuck he won that match at Madison Square Garden. There are always going to be moments of satisfaction and dissatisfaction. Um, No matter who it is, it could be Bray Wyatt and people would bitch. Like, oh, it was too late. Why'd you have him win the Rumble too late? I don't even know if he's going to enter the Rumble. I don't even know if he's going to be there tomorrow. But from what I do understand, that there's one thing the Royal Rumble brings in a positive light. And that is, you are glued to your TV. Watching this as if 
you don't know what's going to happen. I don't read spoilers. I fucking do not read Dave Meltzer. No, thank you. I think he's a nice dude. I have kind of briefly crossed paths with him at WrestleCon, and I don't want to. I don't want to know what the possible potential spoilers for something could be because that's like revealing the end to Godzilla versus Kong, or you know, Godzilla versus Kong or whatever. I don't want to know. I would rather be kept in the dark about it and then see a matchup for itself. You see what I'm saying? That's like saying, well, I know the results to uh, the new Batman film. I know the spoilers for it. So, therefore, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch it anyways and I'm going to bitch about it on a blog. No. I would rather be left in the dark about the Royal Rumble because that is an event that's sacred to certain wrestling fans. Even though some of you say AEW is better, you know, I've... I've uh, Falling in love with wrestling again because I watch AEW, you know, whatever, man, whatever floats your boat, whatever makes any of us happy should make you happy, and you can watch whatever the fuck you want to watch. I'm not going to disrespect you on fandom. However, I am going to say to those who, you know, sit there and read the spoilers and then complain about it to me or to anybody else, I'm going to say the following. You do what you want to do, but I would rather be kept in the dark about the Royal Rumble. So to answer that question, sir, I'm going to say the following. If for anybody that decides that they would rather much read a spoiler than to watch the event itself, it's fine. I'd rather get pissed during the show, not, you know, when it's too late because... Yeah, I, for starters, dude, I love watching professional wrestling. It's one of my favorite pastimes, but it's been hard to watch it lately because some of the stuff, you know, you have less energy to watch, some of the stuff you don't. So, Royal Rumble this Saturday, that's kind of new, having an event on Saturday because I don't know what Sunday holds president for, but it is what it is. Okay, and so I'm a firm believer that this Saturday we shall see what WWE has to offer and whether or not some big names are going to show up as one-time, one-and-done spots. That's one of my favorite things to see. Like, okay, cool, it would be cool to see this guy go a a little further because last year was Double J and last year was also the return of Edge. So that's where I'm sitting at as far as the Royal Rumble goes on this Saturday, you know, live on the network. It is what it is. So um, to each their own, man. You enter at your own risk. You know, as, as much as I do, when you watch WWE, <clears throat> it's either a mixed bag of shit. Or, or we get lucky and we get to see an actual wrestling show that gives you the emotion of it. It's a crescendo, goes up, goes down, 
actually starts off real soft, and as it as the music goes on, it gets louder, and then goes up to full on you know note, and it's really cool <clears throat> because when you watch professional wrestling, it's supposed to be like a concert, you know. You start off with a song that was your hit, and then you progress during the show, and as your show progresses, it's supposed to be like the the inset of the songs, and you say, all right, thank you all for coming, and there's the encore. So I'm hoping and crossing fingers that when I watch this stuff on the network tomorrow, that we will see one hell of a show and not some bullshit that'll make me cringe and want to crawl into a dark hole and never come out. Actually, that's not possible. Sometimes, yes, programming makes you do that. And sometimes it gives you hope. Other times, it just makes you go, well, I'll watch this because I have nothing else to watch. I'm just being honest. And they say, why watch it then? Why not turn the channel? That I couldn't answer you because wrestling is such an addiction to me. Even when I hate, or even when I hated it and got bitter about it for a minute, due to past problems with some people, I still managed to find the beauty in it because outside of my reality, wrestling has just has always been that go-to. I've been in a dark place in my life. Yeah, wrestling instead of football or baseball or hockey. I love all three of those sports, but let me tell you, pro wrestling is the entertainment aspect where I can talk with other fellow workers or fellow fans and be like, I liked this, but I didn't like that. And I appreciate it more, not so much because we can't, well, it is because we can't go to uh, certain events because no live crowds, but because it's nice to commiserate with others about something you feel strongly about. And so when discussing the Rumble, or when discussing more than just that, like NXT or the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament or the Mae Young Classic or the Dusty Cup, the Dusty Rhodes Classic, or tag teams, both men and women now. It's nice. It's very refreshing. So please, Lord, let there be a good Royal Rumble. And let there be a good mania, because if not, I'll still watch some of the product. I just won't be as uh, inclined to watch it on USA or Fox if it's complete shit. And some say, well, why do you report it then? Well, I could, you know, sit here and tell you the whole spiel about that, but that'll take a whole other time for a whole other show. So... Without further ado, if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Actually, that was weak as fuck. 
if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say on tonight's show, and if you didn't like tonight's guest, well, then I definitely got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Here we go. That had moxie. I like it. Oh, and toodles, bitches, I got to go to sleep because I got work in the morning. So I love you all. Thank you all for listening. Latvia, Indonesia, United States of America, uh-huh. Sydney, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, Philippines, Taipei, Taiwan, Germany, London, Soho, Osmel, Mexico. I love you guys for listening to this craziness, okay? Tune in on Monday and Wednesday. Might have more surprise guests. This is kind of a spur-of-the-moment type thing. So if you want, folks, you can download this shit for free on iTunes the very next day following airing of this episode. It's a copyrighted podcast and cannot be reproduced or recorded. Actually, whatever you do, just don't emulate me, please, because there's only one Brian Ray. Night. Love you guys. Uh, be safe. A mania for those going, okay? Shout out to Richard White. You know, the referee. Be safe, dude. Alright, man. Be safe to those going to Tampa. And uh, cheer your brains out, man. Love you guys. Wrestling is amazing. I gotta stop battling. So much. Good night, two bitches. The closest person